the new year is uh, been good to you so far, just getting started. You know, I, I, I always try to think about, you know, just different things that I think God would say to us. First thing is the song that we just sang, um, the salvation phrase there, salvation is here. What that means is God has come looking to restore a relationship with me, and it's here. That's what salvation is, is that God is trying to restore a relationship that was broken. And so I've been saved from the brokenness of my own sin into a living relationship with him. That's when, that, when it says that, so kind of side note. But the other thought is that God has great plans for each and every one of your lives, my life. And to try to figure that out, hopefully this year is your goal. I mean, that's, I mean I'm just going to say it that simple, that somehow, some way, that you and God throughout this year, this next 12 months, would figure out, what's, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to change? What, what do you want to have as far as your way in me? What, what is that? But just ponder that. I mean, here, here's what I do. Every year, I, I purposely set aside some time, and I just say, God, what do you want to do, and what do I need to change? What do I need to focus on? You know, you know and here's, here's what he's saying to me. He said, you need to focus on me. Jesus. That's, and so I, I just hear it loud and clear. You need to focus on me. Jesus. So for me personally, that's what God's saying. So I don't know what it is for you, but just to ask that question, Lord, what do you want me to focus on? Not some, you know, and, I, and by the way, losing weight and all those kind of resolutions are awesome, but I think God is more interested in where you are in a relationship with him than anything else. Financially, I mean, obviously, if those things can get in the way, but if my relationship with him is right, all those other things kind of work themselves out, you know? So I just encourage you, what, what, what is that? What, what is it in your life that God wants you to deal with? Okay. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today that you are in love with every person in this room. Lord, there's not one person that's seated here today that, God, you're not into. Just the opposite, God. You are passionately desiring a relationship. Lord, no matter what's been happening, no matter what's happened this last year, no matter what's going on right now, God, you are passionately in love with each person in this room and you've got great plans so Lord I pray that we just ask you and say Lord would you show us what you want to do this year in our lives would you open our eyes to the possibilities of you Lord let it be so in Jesus name Amen Amen. well uh, I wanted to say I, tried to, I was going to say it a couple weeks ago we made it through the Mayan calendar Somehow, some way, we made it, okay? So now that we did make it through, now we've got to start thinking about, well, what are we going to do now? Let's, uh, you know, and so we're going to talk this whole month about moving forward and, and actually trying to make some steps in a new direction. And so that's kind of where we're going. Before I get there, though, I want to celebrate uh, our 1,000 meals. We, we broke the barrier of 1,000 meals. Come on. And uh, we were a few cans short of 1,000 cans. So if you have a stockpile of cans in your trunk and you did not deliver them, may the Spirit convict you and you bring them right now. All right? So maybe you had those cans, but we had like 900 and some cans that we gave the Bellevue Food Pantry, which is a lot of cans. You know, so that's awesome. And so just want we had almost 500 people show up for our Christmas Eve services. 
that was a lot of fun. And if you weren't here for the second service, I'll just real quickly give you a synopsis. Some of you were. (laughs) All right, here's what happened. Let me just try to tell you real quick, all right? So we had this whole thing set up that I'm talking about how Christmas many times gets distracted by all the things that are part of Christmas. And so I had Santa Claus come through. I said, we get distracted by the goodwill of the season. He came up and he, you know, asked me if I was naughty or nice and he walked off and it was all planned. And then we had, we had carolers come up because they said we get distracted by the traditions. And so we had some carolers come up and walk through and sing. And, and then we had a, a guy from Best Buy come up and try to sell me a 72-inch big screen TV that I desperately needed, you know, that kind of thing. You get distracted by the gifts. And so I get to the end and I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question, where's Jesus in Christmas? And all of a sudden I look over and somebody's pulling on my pants over here. And there's this little tiny girl about this big and she goes... Jesus is in our hearts. <laughs> wasn't part of the thing at all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wasn't even remotely part of the thing. So I started laughing. The, the band's laughing. We, can't, we're, we laughed and laughed and laughed. So it was, it was awesome. So, you know, that's just one of those beautiful moments you can't script, right? Anyway. So, so anyway, we've had a great couple weeks. You know, good that my wife is back. Yeah, she walked in the door, and it, it was a weird moment because I couldn't remember her name. I was like, what was that? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, so, so Susan's back, and I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's Jennifer, right? Right, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So... So we're starting a series move, right? And, and, and I've been thinking about this for quite a while. We, we did um, a survey back in the spring of last year. And it kind of just spurred this whole idea that we need to, as, as a church, consider this idea to move. You know? and, and then even last year, uh, I think that God was just speaking by his spirit to us. And, and God does that. And you're like, what does that mean? There's impressions that God puts upon your heart that says, this is what I want you to do. And it was all about us moving as a church and, and beginning to make strides in the right direction. So, you know, we have as a church a very simple, straightforward goal. We want, and if you don't, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. We want every person that comes to Southridge to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. That's what we're going for. We, that's, we, have, a, we have a goal. We want you to get to that point. So no matter where you are at in the process, that's where we're wanting you to get and so there's a lot that goes into it, and it's time, and it's failure, and error, and mistakes, and all that kind of stuff, but that's our goal. So every year, what we do is, is we get to this point, you know, the first weekend of the year, and, and we kind of do that typical thing, and we start to look forward, you know, and, and I, I don't, I'm not going to stand up here today and talk about some great things that we're going to do as a church, and some big things. I'm going to talk about things that hopefully spur our hearts, stir our hearts, that we look forward to what God wants us to be. And, and really, it's, it's that idea, what changes need to be made in my life? You know, and, and it's kind of that typical time when we reflect about what, where we have been and where we've gone or where we're not going. You know, as I was praying this morning, I was thinking about it. A lot of times, we don't even think about that. We're like, Lord, am I, have I changed at all this year spiritually? You know, that's a great question, isn't it? Have, have, I, have I grown at all? 
Have, have I moved in any shape or form to a new place with you, a, a, a new destination in relationship with you? Have I done that, or is it just still the same? Is it 2012, 2013, 2014? Is it da 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 or something happening? So, so that's kind of the idea. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to try and answer a big question. Here's the question. Where am I on my spiritual journey? Where am I at? Can I, can I figure that out? Can I get a gauge to where I'm at? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Where am I at in my spiritual journey? And then the next three weeks, and there's an invite card in your handout today, that, that we're going to talk about how can I move forward? How, how, can I, how can I begin to make some transitions in my spiritual walk that I actually begin to move forward, that I begin to find that new destination that God has for me in 2013? So, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, there's a text, and actually the text comes from our last series because I, I, every time I read it, I was like, that's the text that we need to be bouncing off of in this series. And so it's found in Philippians chapter 3, and it's Paul t- speaking to the church of Philippi still. And, and here's what he says, and just thinking about it in the context of moving forward. Where am I at? What do I need to do? And he says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Great statement from a very powerful spiritual leader. I'm not there yet. That's what he's saying. I, I, I still have room to grow. I still have room to move. There's, there's things that still have to happen in my life. And he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. He said, I, I still got stuff in my life. I, I still got things going on that are, that are affecting me, that, are, that I'm wrestling with, that I'm dealing with. How many of you so far can relate with this scripture? Right? And that's where he's at. He's, he's saying, hey, this is where I'm at, right? This is, this is what's going on. He says, but... I press on. I press on to possess the, that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. In other words, that whole fully devoted follower of Christ relationship, that I'm with God thing. I, that's what he came to do. And so he's talking about that. And he goes, he says, now, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I mean, he goes back, he says it again. I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, on this one thing. Forgetting the past, forgetting what happened in 2012, forgetting what happened in 2008, what happened in 1982, you know, forgetting it, obviously I can't change it, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, and looking forward to what lies ahead. Here's my thought. I believe this with all my heart, that God's greatest things are yet to come in your life. I believe that the things that God wants to do in your family, in your, in your career, in, your, in everything that is about you, God is yet to do it. He's waiting to do amazing things in our lives. But there's got to be this understanding that, Lord, you want me to move. You want me to make some transitions in my life. There needs to be some, some things happen in me to get there. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us to receive the prize. And by the way, it's the reward of heaven. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. So all these things are going on, and I thought about, well, what's that mean? I mean, what practical thoughts can we pull out of the, from this? And there's three things in your handout there. The first one is this. Every one of us in this room are successful spiritually, personally, relationally with God if we continue to do one thing, move forward. Just continue to move forward. I mean, that's, that's the whole idea. The only wrong answer for each of us is to stop pressing on. 
The only wrong answer is I quit. The only wrong answer is, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. God, I don't, want, I don't want to go. I mean, the only wrong answer, I mean, it's, you know, I, I just have to keep pushing on with this relationship with God. I, I, I can't stop. I have, to, I have to keep moving forward. I can't settle in. I, I can't allow the past to control my future. I can't do that. I can't say because all this happened, I quit. I can't, I can't do that because once I do that, I lose my opportunity for success in my life, spiritually, relationally, all the different things. If you're in a marriage relationship that's struggling, the moment you quit is the moment you're not going to have any opportunity for success. The moment you stop, and he says, so you gotta, I have to keep moving. I have to keep moving forward in this process. And so maybe last year was full of regrets. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe if you were to say 2012, one word, regret. One word or one phrase, I missed opportunity. You know, you got all these things that that didn't work. Failure. You know, you just have all these things. And what he said, hey, you know what? It's the only thing that keeps you from going and moving forward is that you quit and you settle for what happened yesterday and it defines your tomorrow. That's the only thing. And so you have to keep moving forward. Maybe last year's full of regrets or the stupid choices, and you can't change that. How many of you like me, you like to just hit the rewind sometimes, right? Man, I can't believe I just said that, you know? I can't believe I allowed that to stir in my heart. I mean, whatever it might be, I, I can't believe, oh, what was I thinking? And, but we can't change that. But only option I have then is I have to choose, I'm going to continue to move forward. I can't stop and just stay right there. I've have to move forward. So that has to be my number one choice. You can't change that, but you can chase something new this year. By the way, and, and I, I, I love this because I've finally, after a few months, I got to go out and sit in a deer stand. It was beautiful, and we harvested We took a bite of the warm. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. I, I tried to talk my son into doing it. He said, no. I told him, that's what everybody does. He didn't believe me. But anyway. But the, the phrase in this text that says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus has for me. I press on. That phrase is actually a hunting phrase. It's a hunting phrase. And really what it means is I'm going to pursue aggressively. It's not going to get away. I'm going after it. I'm going I'm to chase it. And see, somehow I have to understand that what God has for me, at some point I have to make the decision, I'm going to move after this. I'm going to chase this. I'm going to hunt this. I'm going to give it effort because it's that important. I'm not going to settle for where I'm at. So that's what he's saying in this text, to go after, to hunt it down. So we're all successful if we continue to move. Second thing, just a basic thought is this, is we're all called to the same thing. We're all called to the same thing. We're all called to the same conclusion. Here's the conclusion. We're all called to a relationship with Christ. Every single one of us were created by God, for God, to have a relationship with him. Now, Right, right now, that we would somehow inter, intertwine our lives and our beings and who we are in relationship with God. And that's, that's the call of God. Every one of us has that same call, that that's what he's calling me to. Not only is he calling, it to, calling me to it right now, but in the future, and this is huge, 
based on my relationship, I'm going to earn or gain a reward with God. And we're not talking like, okay, here's 20 bucks for you, here's 100 bucks for you. We're talking reward of relationship and interaction with God the Father in heaven. It's huge. And someone's like, what? What are, what are you talking about? Scripture has all kinds of ideas and thoughts about this reward that comes for those that stay true to God and grow and move with him through this life in preparation for the real deal called eternity. And so I, I, we're all called to that same team, to be like Christ and experience a heavenly reward. So when we talk about the importance of why should I move, it's because of that. I'm sp- supposed to become what Christ created me to become, that is in a relationship with him, and experience reward when I get in heaven. And some of the rewards actually happen now. So, next one. We're all on a spiritual journey. We're all on a spiritual journey. Nobody has arrived Nobody has achieved it completely. Nobody's done. I mean, I can stand up as a, as a pastor in front of you and say plainly, hey, I st- there's still things that God's working on in me. He's still changing me. He's, he's still challenging me. I, I still have to grow. I haven't achieved it, you know. I mean, Paul, who was one of the greatest apostles of the whole New Testament, was saying, hey, I, I'm not there yet. God still has great things for me. God's still doing things in me. So, so this journey that we're all on, it's a, a path away. It, it's, it's all of us. We're all there. And, and, and actually, to act as though I am there somehow is really a statement of arrogance or ignorance, depending on where you're at. If somehow you think, oh, I'm okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know, if that's your response to your spiritual life and where you're at in relationship to God, is no, nah, I'm okay. I, I did that. Now, that's just arrogance. Because the truth is, is none of, us, none of us are there yet. We're all in process, all on this journey of becoming what God wants us to become. And so there's this thing happening. Another one would be ignorance because I just didn't know better. See, we're all works of God in progress. And so we're all somewhere in the process of becoming what God created us to be. So all that just from that little text there. So let me ask you this question. Can, can you find yourself spiritually on the map? Ever thought about it? Where am I on the map? Where, where am I in the process of my journey with Christ? Where, you know, and I'm not asking you how long you've been going to church. I'm asking you in relationship to Christ, where are you at? I, you know, I'm not asking what, how much Bible knowledge you have because Bible knowledge doesn't define relationship. Bible knowledge defines the Bible knowledge. How, how, where are you at in relationship to God? And that's a, that's a huge question. So, so can I find myself on the map? I mean, can you do that? Can, can you like, you know, and lately, and this is just a personal experience lately. How many of you have like the little GPS thing on your phone? How many of you love it? How many of you think it leads you to the wrong place all the time? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, this is what been happening lately. We, we go on trips, you know, like we w- went down to Oklahoma and then, you know, over Thanksgiving we went to Florida and, we, you know, we go on these trips and about half the car has these, you know, and they're all, they got them all out and stuff like that and they're going, okay, right now, left, left, left. And so I'm taking a left and I'm looking around going, I think this is a gravel road. I think it's a driveway, <laughs> you know, I mean, that kind of thing. So then as we're on the driveway, they're recalibrating. So then we pull out, and I'm going, wait a minute. I know when we come out of the driveway, we have to go left. But they go, right, right, right. So now we're going backwards. We're coming back to Omaha. <laughs> you know? So at, at some point, you've got to find yourself on the map. You know, so this is why I say, 
can I just see a picture of where we're at so I can figure out what's going on here? And that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about right now. Can you find yourself on the map spiritually? Is it possible to measure or gauge your spiritual journey? That's a good question. Is it possible? I mean, is it, oh, well, nobody can do that. And, you know, and, and it, technically, you can't 100% gauge or measure where you're at spiritually. God only does that. I mean, that, that God is the ultimate judge in where we're at in relationship with him. But there are, and we have, opportunities to get an idea or a good idea about where we're at in relationship with God. We can do that. It's not, it's not impossible. Now, Jesus repeatedly referred to two major concepts that were kind of like gauges or measures, if you will, or finding yourself on the map. And, and he, kept, he kept throwing them out to help people understand where I'm at in relationship to him. It's kind of like the GPS for our spiritual journey. Here's what they are. They are love and obedience. Love and obedience. Love and obedience. Which is interesting, and it goes, and it's in that order on purpose, because the love is generated because of the relationship that I have with Christ, or I should have with Christ, or I hopefully find with Christ, and out of that comes obedience, and if it's obedience only, then really what might happen is I could have a false sense of relationship because I have religion and not relationship, all right, you with me? Kind of give me one of those, all right? So, so he talks about this again and again and again, that it's love and obedience. It's gauging, and here's what that means. It's gauging the level of passion and the willingness to be what God created me to be in my life. So he's saying that, that, that's, that's the measurement. It's, it's, it's not about how much I know. It's not about how often I go to church. It's not about all these other exterior things. It's about what is my passionate relationship with God and how does that flow out into the things that I do in my normal everyday life? That's, that's how I gauge it. I mean, that's how I measure it. And it's not that somehow I'm earning anything because it's not something I can earn. It's based on do I have a relationship and out of that, what is it flowing, what's flowing out of it? Love and obedience. So Jesus said things like this. He said in John 14, he said, if people love me, they will, what? Say it with me. Obey my teachings. <laughs> He's basically what he said, if you love me, then you're going to have a behavior that I can look at it and go, oh, okay, that looks like what it is. And now, obviously, it's, you can twist that, but that's, that's what he's saying. If you love me, they will be. John 13 says it in a little bit different way. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, in the book of Revelation... Jesus sent seven letters to seven different churches. They all had different names, you know, and stuff like that. And each letter spoke to where they were at on the spiritual journey. To one church, he said, kind of, and I just paraphrase, you had it, but you lost it. And it says in Revelation 2, it says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. And so he's saying, you know what, you used to have this thing happening in your life, but now it's not. You used to have this love and this obedience part of your, your relational interaction with me, but somehow, for whatever reason, you lost it. And so he was gauging. He was, he was saying something about where they were. To another church, he, he said, you're just putting on a show. Revelation 3 says, I, I know all the things you do. It's kind of like, you know, all the religious things you do and all the things that seem good. I mean, he's kind of going like that. That you have a reputation for being alive but you are dead. He's measuring it. It's like, wait a minute. You, you, you got all the motions, but there's no life there. 
you got all the actions, but there's nothing real going on there. And he says, wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for, what, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions, listen to that measuring process, I find that your actions do not re- meet the requirements of my God. What are they? Love and obedience. That, Lord, I love you so much that it causes me to want to be obedient to who you are. In another church, he said, you're not useful. Revelation 3, verse 15, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And really what he's saying is, is, you know what, you're, you're not useful. You're not useful in my kingdom. Our relationship should cause you to be useful in the kingdom. There should be an outflow of life that flows from you. Something should be apparent about the relationship that we have. But because you don't have that, it's not going on. And so that's what he's talking about. So all of that says this, is that I can measure it. I just have to ask myself, where am I at? What's going on in my relationship with God? Now, let me, let me throw this out. Every person in this room is unique. And here's why you're unique. You have a different experience relationally growing up. You have different personality. I mean, every person in this room is unique. Now, some of you are looking around going, no, the one next to me is really unique, right? I mean, we're, we're unique, but in spite of our uniqueness, the pathway, if you will, the, the journey that we're all on is very similar. Even though we all have this uniqueness about who I am and what I've come from and what I've been a part of and how I've experienced life to this point, all the things good, bad, ugly, all that stuff that's happened to me have defined me in some ways, but they still position me in this same idea that I'm on a journey with God and that I need to move forward. Now, here's another thing, is that there's no killer apps. No killer apps. Meaning this, is that there's no little button that I can push and all of a sudden I'm in the right place. There's, there's, there's no little, you know, push the button and, and click your heels and all of a sudden everything's perfect. It's a process, it's a journey that step by step as I move forward to where God wants me to be, it changes. I become slowly what God wants me to become. Now, how many would like it? I, I just like what somehow God would just look at me and go, boom, and then everything would be cool. I'd, I'd be cool. Everybody would love me. You know, I could dunk a basketball. I mean, there's all kinds of things I'd like to do, you know, but, I, but it doesn't work like that, right? I mean, you, you have, there has to be a process of almost everything in life. And it's the same way with our spiritual life. There's no killer apps for spiritual growth, no easy fix. So in your notes, I kind of put together a little understanding of some stages, if you will, of the spiritual journey. And I'm asking you the question to try to find yourself in these stages. Try to find yourself. Try to figure out where you're at. Because in some of them, we're overlap, and you'll see some things. But try to identify, where am I at in the spiritual journey? What's, what's going on in me? What's happening? And, and really, can you find yourself on a journey? And maybe today, you can honestly say, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. So let me, and by the way, this comes, uh, excuse me, this comes from uh, uh, some research that we were doing with that survey that we did last 
spring, and we're just continually to work through it and make things happen. So part of that comes from this. So first one, let's talk about it. So maybe you're in this category or this stage in your journey. You're exploring Christ. You're exploring Christ, and you're on the verge, you're on the verge of something great. You're on the verge of something amazing in your life. God, it's just, you, you, don't, you don't even know what it is, maybe. Maybe today you're sitting here, you're going, I don't know what it is about this. I kind of know that there's this God thing going on. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm on the verge. I'm interested. I'm sincerely seeking out a spiritual understanding. And God loves you, and he's excited for you because you're on the verge of something really cool. That you're on the verge. And see, when, you, when I hear this whole idea of exploring Christ or explorer, there's all kinds of words or thoughts that come to my mind. Christopher Columbus, right? You know, blazing a trail out there in these little wooden ships going across the ocean. He's exploring. He's going to find a new land. You know, that, that's part of it. There's outer space, you know. My, my son was telling me that they found some plant on Mars. I don't know if that's true. But, you know, just that whole idea of searching something that you haven't found before. That, that, or, or this is probably more familiar, Google. <laughs> Some of you say explored like, yeah, Google, you know. Anyway, but I mean, just this whole idea that I'm going to go after something. I'm on the verge of uncovering something great. But personally, let me just throw this out. Is that I, I've kind of found a new favorite show here lately. It's called Bering Sea Gold. Gold. Bering Sea Gold. Those guys are nuts. They're diving in 33-degree water to vacuum rocks off the bottom of the ocean to find little nuggets of gold. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm sucked into it, just not, no pun intended. I'm, 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 I'm watching the show because I'm thinking at any moment I'm going to watch some guy die, you know? Because they're exploring, they're looking for, they're on the verge of something, and they're looking for something, to bear and see gold. You know, you go check that out. But not to, so, you know, push away Duck Dynasty by any shape or form or means, yeah. So, so when it comes to relationship with Christ, it, it's more like if you're exploring Christ, that's you, you're checking it out, you're investigating. And, and there's two categories, if you will, of this one. The rest of them there isn't as much, but this one there is. There is an active explorer and there is a passive explorer. All right, let me see if I can give you the example of what that means. See, an active one is pursuing and seeking. A passive one, though, is just hanging around. I just want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I just want to hang out and see what's going to happen. And so, but, but listen, listen to this, though. To be a passive explorer means that I am, uh, to be a passive explorer means that I am content with having a shallow spiritual experience and minimal is my goal. I just want to get by. And see, if that's the kind of explorer you are, you're living in a very dangerous place. And here's why. Because that kind of spiritual experience, you can become immune really quick to the realities of who God is. You can literally sit in a church service your entire life and never really know Christ because you're just hanging around. And that's a dangerous place because you're passively exploring. You're not actively exploring. You're not embracing something. You're just kind of watching. And you watch and you watch and you watch and you become immune to the truth of what is being presented. 
And so that's, there's a really danger thing that goes on there to reach the minimums to make you just feel spiritually okay. There's a danger there. Now, here, here's a couple things. Maybe you can check the box beside these going, oh, okay, that's me, or no, that's not me. And, and, and I think they're in your handout. I, I believe there is a God, but I'm not completely convinced about Jesus yet, and that's okay. By the way, these are all, it's okay to be an explorer. God l- loves explorers. I, I have big questions that keep me from fully accepting what Jesus taught. You know, you're still wrestling with some things. And and you might wrestle with things all throughout your Christianity. Every once in a while, I I wrestle with things. But you're wrestling with the big, basic Christianity things. Did Jesus really die for me? (laughs) Did Jesus come through the Virgin Mary? And and, and did that really happen? I mean, you're you're just kind of wrestling with some of those things. and, And that's okay. You know, is God really good? And all the stuff that's going on, is God really good? I mean, would God do that? You know, and you're just wrestling with those things. You're investigating it and checking it out. And so you're struggling and you have questions about fully accepting what Jesus taught. Here's another one. My faith is important, but it's not a major priority in my day-to-day life. In other words, this is important for me to be here, but it's not like everything or even close to it. Matter of fact, this is about the only time it even matters is when I come to church. The only time I even really think about God at all in a real way is when I'm sitting here. You know, that's, that's what that means. Or, or I am more comfortable being a spectator than an active participant. And I think about it in worship. Many times maybe the songs go up and you're kind of like watching around to see what people are doing. It's like, did you see that one guy? He's like raising his hand. What an idiot. And really what that means, though, by the way, and I haven't said this for a long time, people raise their hands because they're at a place of surrender before God. It's not because there's like, I know the answer, look at me. They're saying, I surrender everything I can. Like me, I have this, so, <laughs> I surrender, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just, that's part of it. But, but in, in worship, sometimes we become spectators really easily and not active participants or what's going on in the church. So note this, though. To be an active explorer means that I'm sincere about this. There's nothing wrong with being an explorer. I'm just understanding that's where I'm at. So the second one, I'll go through these real quick. Growing in Christ. And really when I'm in the growing in Christ phase or stage of my spiritual journey, it becomes personal now. It becomes personal now, and I, I'm really beginning to understand that it's, there's something going on here that's personal in my own life. You know, and really, let me just walk through some of the things. I have made a decision to cross the line of trust in Jesus as my Savior. All of a sudden, it's something that's affecting me. It's not something out there, it's something in here. All of a sudden, there was a step across the line. I'm trusting him, and as one person told me earlier this year, and it feels good because it changed my life. Me, I, I've experienced something. I'm trusting Christ. I'm forgiven, and I know it. I mean, it's happening. Just like he said it would, it, it took place. And I'm experiencing it. I've made a decision to cross the line. It's my Savior. Now I have this personal relationship with Jesus. It's no longer just a church thing or my parents' thing. It's my thing. And you know that because I'm growing in Christ. It's personal now. Now, so, so then the, some of the other things is I know God has a plan for my life, and he's actively involved in its development. In other words, all of a sudden now I start to see God doing things all around me. 
I start to understand that God isn't just moving on a Sunday morning service, which is a big part of where I'm at because I'm growing in Christ. The church is really valuable. But all of a sudden now I'm beginning to understand, you know what? God is actually maybe speaking to me when I'm listening to the radio or when I'm talking to that person. And I'm beginning to see that God is actively involved in my life, and I'm beginning to grow in this personal relationship. Another one is I'm actively involved and engaged in church activities. Now I'm not just a spectator, I'm a participant. I'm, I'm giving a little bit here. I'm, I'm getting involved a little bit. I'm like, hey, I want to I serve coffee. That's really cool. I want to I help as a greeter. I want to do some of these. I want to be a part of what's going on. Whatever it is, I, I just want to get involved. And that's happening in my life. It's more than just a spectator sport now. Here's another one. I'm beginning the process of developing a spiritual life outside of the church context. And what that means is this. All of a sudden now, I'm beginning to touch and hold and feel what it means to have maybe a devotional life outside of church. All of a sudden, there's like, wait, whoa, man, there's all kinds of spiritual things going on in my life that are bigger and grander than my church experience, and I'm understanding that that's taking place right now. So all those are part of growing in Christ. The next one is close to Christ. So I I start out, maybe you're on the verge, maybe it's a personal thing, and you're kind of there, you're growing. By the way, that's the biggest category. And then the third one there is I'm close to Christ. It's a daily thing. It's more than just going to church now. It's actually something that's day-to-day. You know, Jesus is an important part and factor of my everyday life. And so things like this, I'm frequently, frequently dependent on Jesus to guide my day. You know, it's that what would Jesus do right now kind of thing. Not just, well, we went to church. It's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's affecting all kinds of different parts of my life. Next one, I'm investing personally into my relationship with Christ daily. So those things that I was starting to experience a little bit in the growing in Christ as far as disciplines and things like that, now I'm doing them all the time. I'm like, man, that's, I like this. I, I'm, I'm into this. I, I can feel this happening. So it isn't just a church thing. Now it's this daily thing. It's, it's constantly happening in me. I'm, okay, I'm, it's, it's making a difference. And so I'm investing in person. I'm putting more and more time available for that. I'm willing to go public with my faith and engage people outside the church about spiritual issues, meaning the people at work actually know I'm a Christian. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, 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 I'm not ashamed of it. I, I'm willing to actually say, what do you think about God? What, what do you think about your journey in life? Where, where's your relationship why are you here you're starting to have those kind of conversations with people because you're so close to christ he's created confidence in you now to share with people that don't have a relationship that that's taking place here's another one i've i've made supporting god's work a high priority in my finances and my time i'm not even remotely afraid to give financially or to give time because i know what jesus is all about I understand this. I, I get it. It's, it's personal, it's daily, and it's happening. Next one is this. It's Christ-centered. And that's kind of where we're all trying to go to get to that place where I'm fully devoted follower. I am completely surrendered. It's all about him. Whatever he wants, I want. Everything I do and say is for Christ and his kingdom. And so things like this, I'm willing to risk everything for Christ. No matter what the cost, it's all his. I love God more than anything else. Everything else in my life takes second place to the relationship I have with God. There's nothing that trumps that. It's like, no, God's number one. 
Everything I do. There's, there's everything I have. Check this one out. This is where you really, that's why, by the way, one of our core values is that we give generously because it's one of the signs, if you will, the gauges of a life that's fully devoted. Everything I have as belongings or abilities are for Christ. In other words, it's not mine, it's his. So if God wants you to give it all away, it doesn't matter. If he wants you to serve your life in some deep, dark jungle in Africa, you're like, hey, I'm your man. Because it doesn't matter. You're willing to go anywhere and do anything. It's all his. Here I am. I give it to you. Everything I have is belongings. The last one is every decision I make flows from my relationship with Christ. So where are you? As you look through that list, where are you at? Are you exploring on the verge? Are you growing? That's great. You know, I, 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 it's, it's personal now. Or are you close to Christ? It's a daily thing. And some of you say, well, it's kind of a daily thing. Well, if it's not, you're probably still growing. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, man, I'm completely surrendered. All those things are true. I mean, it all just, man, I'm, I'm there, you know. And I think we just have to ask them, where am I at? Where am I at on the map? As the worship team comes. So three big steps, and we're going to talk about these over the next three weeks. More of these kind of things, just talking about more, what's it take to move? Three big steps towards a new destination. All right, here's the number one thing. Number one thing is I have to make time for reflection and prayer. The number one thing. Why is it the number one thing? It's because to communicate with God, to hear his voice, to hear his heart, to touch heaven comes through prayer. God also has already revealed himself through scripture. So if I don't get into scripture, I'm not going to know who God is. So I can't move from exploring to growing or from growing to close to Christ or close to Christ to Christ-centered if I don't reflect and pray. It's the number one thing. It's the biggest thing you do. You're like, well, I don't know. I've never done that. Start easy. Start with five minutes. Start with five minutes of scripture, five minutes of prayer. Just start right there. Five minutes of scripture, five minutes of prayer. Start to make it a part of your daily life. Say, you know what? Well, I don't know if I can do it every day. Do it twice a week. Five minutes, five, five minutes of prayer. Just, I, got, I have to make it part of who I am. I got to spend time with God. By the way, in next week, we're starting a 21 days of fasting and prayer. That's a great place to start. 21 days in a row. 21 days in a row. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, it's almost making a habit. Habit takes about 28 days, 21 days. You're almost there, right? 21 days in a row. Second one is this, build and commit to spiritual friendships. If you haven't joined a life group, <laughs> you need to jump in. You've got to find someone to do life with because here's the thing. Isolation is a dead end. Isolation is a dead end. So you've got to be accountable in a friendship spiritually with somebody else. Last thing is this. Find a place to serve. If you haven't served, if you're just coming and you're just watching, get off the bench and get in a game. Get involved because you can never become who God wants you to be until you do what God created you to do. Let's pray. Lord, have your way today. Help us, Lord, to see where we're at in the journey. 
Help us, Lord, to, to make a commitment to say, Lord, the only way I'm not successful is if I stop, but I want to move forward. Lord, whether I'm exploring, whether I'm growing, whether I'm close, whether I'm Christ-centered, doesn't matter, Lord. I want to commit myself to you to move, to become what you want me to become. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for what you're doing at Southridge. I thank you for what you're doing in every person's life in this room. In Jesus' name, amen.